It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation. What's happening? What's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Locked On Rams. Wednesday edition. You know that means crossover, so we've got an awesome guest with us today. We've got Brian Peacock of Locked On 49ers. We're going to be talking about our showdown on Saturday in primetime on the road up in San Francisco. If you guys aren't aware, Brian Peacock also does the Lockdown NFL with Matt Williamson. So if you haven't checked that out, go give that a listen as well. He breaks down all the games across the week. They have some great guests and they talk and review all the matchups and talk about all the hot stories. So make sure to go check that out. Brian is one of my favorite guys to talk to here on this network. And we had a great episode today. We're going to get into that in just a minute. Guys, don't forget, go give us a follow. Lockdown Rams, all of accounts, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Facebook group. You can find me, LA underscore Rambling Bear, as well as finding the show on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Himalaya. Hit the subscribe button. Leave a review. Let us know how we're doing. We always appreciate your guys' feedback because you know here at Lockdown Rams, it's your team every day, only on the Lockdown Podcast Network. But as for today, we are going to be talking offense versus defense on both sides for the Niners and the Rams. We're going to be looking at what the Rams need to do as far as finding consistency and how is this game going to be won if that is the case. We're also going to get some injury updates from the Niners side. They were banged up last week. I think they had five or six starters out and four of those I think were on the defense side. So is Richard Sherman going to play? Who is going to be back? What is this offense of ours going to match up against as well as... How will they win this game? What is their focus right now with a few games to go? They're already clinched in the playoffs, but position, how important is that for them? Both of us coming off a loss. We're going to talk about all that. A great episode today. And lastly, before we kick into it, if you guys are looking for a last-minute fun sports gift for the holidays, go to BreakingT.com. That is Breaking and then the letter T.com backslash Lockdown. Breaking T makes sports t-shirts around teams' passionate moments. Go to breaking T, breaking and then the letter T.com backslash locked on and feel free to search the site for great shirts and fun sports gifts. So without further ado, we'll get into that awesome conversation I had with the Locked On 49ers host, Brian Peacock. Welcome to another Locked On Podcast Network crossover. Brian Peacock here of Locked On 49ers. I'm with Brad Barramotter of Locked On Rams, part two of 49ers Rams. Some big time playoff implications here with this one, Brad, and... I know it was a tough loss last week for the Rams, hanging on by a thread to the possibility of a playoff spot. It is not looking good, but if nothing else, the Rams have an opportunity to play spoilers, and they've done a pretty good job of that so far. Yeah, and and really, if you're talking about playing spoilers, and if it starts with a win on Saturday, then the hopes are still alive, right? I mean, we definitely need... Um, you know, some help from the NFC North and the Packers and Bears to take care of the Vikings. But uh, there's a small chance out here, and I know most of uh, Rams Nation has basically said that's going to be really tough, and I'm one of the very optimistic guys here looking at it. But, yeah, losing by 23 in, a, in what most called a must-win game down in Dallas, 
was a disappointment and it doesn't get easier. You know, I wish we had Arizona next week and we could maybe catch our breaths a little bit, but we jump right back into the fire on a short week and Saturday up in San Francisco. Up until last week against the Cowboys, I was thinking, man, the Rams are playing really good ball, and that's a tough team to play right now at the end of the season, even though it's at home for the 49ers. And in part one of this matchup in L.A., San Francisco really were were playing at such a high level early in the season, 20-7 to the final there. And Jared Goff had a rough day, as a lot of quarterbacks have against the 49ers this season, especially early on. Jared Goff completed 13 passes, 24 attempts, only 78 yards, sacked four times, no touchdowns or interceptions, and now he's dealing with, I believe it's a thumb injury, right? Well, what's the prognosis on his thumb? Is he good? Is he going to play? Is he hindered at all by that? Well, you know, I mean, depending on who you ask, if he's hindered by it, because, you know, I don't think Jared Goff and Sean McVay are going to give excuses, but, you know, they've definitely brought it up a few times. Uh, he was at practice today with a sleeve on. It, all signs are he's going to go. Um, but it's the last thing you need for a quarterback that has been uneven at best this season. And you talked about that game in the first matchup in week five, 78 yards. It's a career low. Uh, we didn't have Todd Gurley in that game and and not like I'm not sure that would have mattered in that game. Our offensive line, that was really the, the eye opening experience of, oh, my gosh, we're in trouble on this offensive line. Uh, we switched some things up since then, but he's not coming off of a great game, but they've bounce back after having disappointments. We saw that Ravens game earlier in the season where they got blown out at home. They bounced back pretty good after that. Even the first time we faced the Niners, they bounced back and had the Seahawks the very next week on a short week. And they went up to Seattle and really should have won that game, except for a late missed field goal by Greg Zerline. Uh, Greg Zerline's another guy that is kind of a little banged up right now. He's expected to play as well, but we'll see if that comes into it. But every time these two teams get together, just like the Niners and the Seahawks and the Rams and the Seahawks, those division rivalries, uh, that first go around, you know, maybe not an indication of how this second time will go. Uh, but, you know, on our side, we're hoping at least it's a competitive game. We're going to make it earn it, if anything. But it really goes through as much as we want it to go through Todd Gurley these days, this year, it's going through Jared Goff. So he's got to play a lot better. And what's going on? We, you have a lot more of a, a better idea now of the identity of that Rams team and Jared Goff not having a great year, 17 touchdowns to 15 interceptions. Uh, it's been an up and down showing for him. I, I've liked what I've seen from a couple of games. Obviously, it was awful against the 49ers, and a, a lot of that was due to how good the 49ers played in the pressure that was on Jared Goff with those four sacks. Todd Gurley averaging 3.9 yards per carry, as is Malcolm Brown, Daryl Henderson, Point one off of that, so it seems like that's what the Rams' running game is right now. It's a three point nine yard per carry running game. So, what's the identity on offense? How are the Rams going to put together enough points to beat the 49ers in Levi Stadium? Man, that has been the question all year long. And really, one of the things that was a little disappointing was I think it was only two weeks ago where we heard Sean McVay in a press conference getting ready for a game and saying. We're still looking for an identity. And it's like, whoa, we're in week, you know, at that time, I think it was week 12 <laughs> or whatever it was. And it's like, we have got to have that figured out. You would hope in the first couple of weeks of the season, uh, if not, as you're realizing things that you got to adapt to, you got to find something and, and lay your hat on it. And I don't think the Rams were able to do that all year long. They kept going back and forth. Again, the 11 personnel was huge for us last year. We switched the last few games to this 12 personnel, getting two tight ends in there, working the ground game a little bit more. And then here we go into the Dallas game. Todd Gurley has, I think, five, seven carries in the first half, and we never really go to him. Yes, we were down 28 to seven at halftime, but uh, there's no identity. And you're talking about hanging your hat on something I don't think the Rams really have that this year. So as I said in that last kind of uh, you know question before was with Jared Goff, 
as much as we don't want it to go through him, it has been going through him. So uh, Todd Gurley has been a bonus when we can get him 20 plus carries and get the ground game going and, and find balance in the offense. But for most times it is the pass and then the run working behind it, which is, you know, really not what our success was last year. So that's been the big, tr- that's been the big struggle this year is really just trying to have something from week to week. And Sean McVay continues to talk about the consistency. We just haven't seen it from the Rams. And if you want to play playoff football and near the end of the season, you're playing playoff football teams, you got to have some consistency. And that's been the struggle for the Rams. Consistency is key. And the 49ers were playing some very consistent ball and they've run into some injuries uh, of their own. Out, they were missing six starters last week against the Falcons, which I think is a big part of why the Falcons were able to steal that game away from the 49ers. Not clear how many of those guys are going to be back? Obviously, Weston Richburg's done for the year at center, so it's going to be Ben Garland the rest of the way. Uh, Quan Alexander today, he's been kind of working out on the side, and he says he's going to come back and make a return at some point in the playoffs. He's about two months into a six-month recovery on a torn pec. I don't think he's coming back at linebacker. It didn't sound like Kyle Shanahan thought he was going to come back either, but I know a lot of these players think they're Superman, and he believes he's going to come back, so we'll see. But they've got two rookie outside linebackers on defense. They were without Richard Sherman last week at left cornerback and also without their number one slot corner in Kwan Williams. It's unclear which of those guys are going to come back. Probably not Sherman until maybe week 17 and maybe not until the playoffs, and it's a similar story with D. Ford and his hamstring injury. Those guys, I think they're going to rest until the playoffs, maybe week 17 for Sherman to play against his old team against the Seahawks. But it's a banged up 49ers team. And I would point to that as the reason why the Rams are a team that despite how they looked the first time the 49ers played them is definitely not a team that you can count out. And uh, they're a team that I think is playing better football now than they were back when the 49ers saw him the first time. So this is going to be a fun one, I think. And uh, there's no gimmies in the NFL. We know that. And, as you mentioned earlier, you can throw the division records out when these teams play that play each other twice a year and know each other so well, when the coaches know each other so well as the Rams and 49ers do. It's going to be a fun one, and it, it could go a lot of directions. Yeah, you mentioned it. I mean, those injuries are key, and uh, really kind of the the one bright thing is we're looking coming into this game in an unfortunate way for the Niners. But, hey, you guys rest up. You got some playoff football to play. Don't get too banged up against us old, you know, lonely <laughs> Rams here. So take your time coming back. And, right. and, and you're right. This is a different team. We got Jalen Ramsey out there, this defense, for the most part. Um, since he's been on the team, I've been playing really, really good. We've got Todd Gurley in this game again. So I don't expect the blowout this time, but you never know any, any given Sunday or I guess Saturday or Monday or Thursday or whatever NFL plays, anything can happen. So, uh, division games, man, you always want to tune into this, especially in primetime. You know, there is a lot of 49ers fans that asked me about that in my mailbag show yesterday. If the 49ers should just say, you know what, screw it, let's go wild card and let's rest everybody until that wild card game and just go on the road in Dallas and try to be road dogs and, and beat everybody the rest of the way. And I was thinking, no, nah, that's not the way to play it. You got to try to win these games, get that bye week, get the home field advantage in the playoffs. That's the way you get to a Super Bowl. So um, I think you're going to see everybody who's healthy that can go is going to go against the Rams this week. You mentioned Jalen Ramsey. I want to talk about that next with you. Let's go 49ers offense against Rams defense. Before we get over to the next segment, I want to talk to you guys about one of our favorite sponsors here. You guys know them very well. It's Blue Chew. And if you don't know, now you know. Blue Chew isn't just for the guys who can't perform in the bedroom. It is for all the guys if you're looking for an extra boost, that extra performance to get the ball across the goal line. Yes, I'm using very cheesy football analogies, but that is what we are talking about today. Blue Chew, getting it done in the bedroom when it counts, when it matters. 
And honestly, I gotta I gotta look at my latest Blue Chew order. I sent some pills down to Dallas, and somehow it looks like they found their way into the wrong locker room because the Dallas Cowboys came out with a bang, and they came out ready to roll early. And that is definitely the signs of Blue Chew because the great thing about Blue Chew is it kicks in right away. You can take it on a full stomach, an empty stomach. It does not matter. They are also prescribed online here in the US of A, so you don't have to go to the doctor or to the pharmacy and have to stand in line and be like whispering under, I'm here for uh, some boner pills. Can you hook me up? No, you go online, you get them shipped directly to you. We just got to work on the address, a few details. And the great thing is right now, they've got a special deal just for our Locked On listeners. All you got to do is visit bluechew.com and you get your first shipment for free. When you use the promo code Locked On. all you got to do is pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's bluechew, B-L-U-E, chew.com. Promo code LOCKDOWN to try it for free. Blue Chew is better, cheaper, and the faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. And I promise, guys, I'll get the whole delivery thing sorted out. But go check them out. BlueChew.com. Also sponsoring the podcast, a good friend of mine and the best place to get a new or used Infinity. That is Metro Infinity. Go see my man Billy Adams down there at Metro Infinity. 821 East Central Monrovia, just off the 210 in Monrovia. You got to help me out here, guys. They have been doing advertisements not only on our show, but on Lockdown Chargers as well. And they had a Chargers fan come in and not only look at a car, but purchase a car. We talked about relieving some stress and going out and doing a test drive. So go give them some love. Try out a Infinity today. Take a test drive. See what you like. And listen, they are all about this new experience for car buying. Stress-free. They're not going to haggle you about price. They're going to make sure you have a great experience. And if you decide you want to buy a car, but hey, just being in the office and all that doesn't make you feel comfortable, they'll go to your home. They'll go to your house. They'll go to your place of business. Wherever you want to get the deal done, they will meet you there and do all the paperwork for you. Number one volume dealer in California and also the only dealership in California, family owned and been in business for only 25 years. So go check them out. Metro Infinity, they've got a brand new multi-million dollar facility that you have to see with your own eyes. It is 821 East Central Monrovia. Again, just off the 210 in Monrovia. Tell them Lockdown Ram sent you. It's $500 discount. If anything, go try out some cars, test drive, have fun. Metro Infinity, a proud sponsor of Lockdown Ram. Brian Peacock here of Locked On 49ers with Brad Bearmotter of Locked On Rams. Brad, the first thing I want to talk about here with that Rams defense against the 49ers offense is what are the early returns of Jalen Ramsey and that blockbuster trade that the Rams pulled off? I mean, I think it really is allowing Wade Phillips to play a different style of defense. We've seen a lot more man coverage. Uh, We've been able to see some other players get on the field a lot more. Uh, We've had some injuries across the board a lot. Obviously, um, you know, we saw John Johnson go out at the safety position. That's brought in Taylor Rapp to get a lot more opportunities. He's been playing a lot, even as like a nickel linebacker where they're bringing him up and he's helping out in the run game. He's a great tackler. Uh, he had kind of a rough game last week as he ran into a few of his own guys that one created a 65 yard touchdown for Tavon Austin and another created a first down on a third down conversion. So uh, he had a rough game last week, but look for him to bounce back. Troy Hill on the other side, he's been, uh, I don't want to say picked on, but when you got Jalen Ramsey on the other side, they're going to him a lot. 
he's really stepped up. He did have a broken finger, a broken thumb on Sunday. He had surgery on on the other day, and there's actually questions if he'll play. He may be available. If not, Darius Williams is going to be stepping in. Uh, he had an elite pro football focus grade on Sunday, so he didn't do too bad stepping in that slot, but it allows them to play a little bit more aggressive style than they were, uh, and then even giving those linebackers, if they're matched up on a running back, if that guy stays in, being able to blitz and put more pressure and with those four guys up front, with Aaron Donald and some of the pressure that we've seen off the edge, it, they're getting to the quarterback a lot faster uh, in this new defense with Jalen Ramsey behind it. He hasn't had a lot of those big Jalen Ramsey-type game-changing plays, but his effect is still seen from the players that he's playing around. Looking at the box score from Cowboys-Rams, one of the things I was blown away, I saw, okay, 42 points, because I didn't get to see a lot of that game, but uh, we had to break it down for Locked On NFL, and so I wanted to uh, get deep into the stat book there, and when I saw 42 points for the Cowboys, and then I looked at the box score, and I saw, what was it, two combined catches between the outside wide receivers and Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper, I thought, what in the world kind of game plan was that? So I had to go back and, and watch the condensed version of that game just to get a feel for what happened there. And that Amari Cooper one is big because anytime the, the Cowboys offense in recent history has gone big, Amari Cooper had a really big day and he's a big part of that Cowboys offense. And that's why you bring in Jalen Ramsey because he can shut down that type of player. Oh, 100%. And then the next thing is you got to look at uh, the core of that defense and say, well, you guys got to stop the run because, you know, I'm going to do my job out here on the outside. And Jalen Ramsey's done a pretty good job coming up and at least making some tackles on the outside when needed. He's a lot better, an upgrade from when Marcus Peters was out there and some of the tackling we saw from him, even though he's finding great success in Baltimore right now. Um, but yeah, that, those guys in the middle and, and you're talking about giving up that many points. Well, they had two running backs go over 100 yards. We made both those running backs look like Zeke Elliott, and and that was really the downfall. It was almost very similar to that uh, Baltimore Ravens game. We gave up 280 yards, I think, in that one, and and in this last game, 265 or something close to that. So um, unacceptable on the ground. A team that you know coming into looking at this last Niner game, you guys were the number one rush offense coming into that game. We held you to 99 yards, and 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 again, talking about hanging your hat on something defensively, it was stopping the run, and and we got to get back to that because obviously. Um, you know, you guys have a, a very good ability to move the football on the ground. So we've got to find a way. And then obviously that guy, Mr. Kittle, I mean, he is a different beast. The Rams have played tight ends pretty well. As we talked about Taylor Rapp, he's done great. Eric Weddle coming up on the tight ends, those guys helping out. George Kettle, I think, has just elevated himself to a different level. Last time he had seven or eight catches for over 100 yards. So that's going to be another matchup that you want to circle uh, because he can always go off and and you need to be able to kind of minimize, you know, not so much, you know, shut him down, but contain what he's able to do. Yeah, that's always an interesting one, how teams try to play George Kittle. And I would think, oh, man, the passing game, we're talking third downs. Maybe you want to move Jalen Ramsey around. Has he covered anybody other than wide receivers? Do you expect him to maybe see some George Kittle in mad coverage, especially when they flex George Kittle out wide at times, which they tend to do? Or do you think it'll be like he shadows Emmanuel Sanders and then lets everybody else maybe double, you know, Weddle and rap and, and just putting, throwing the whole rest of the roster at guys like Debo Samuel and George Kittle? You know, that's going to be, that's a great question. And I'm really curious about that one too. I think you maybe you start with him out on the outside and doing, you know, standard versus the wide receiver, your number one wide receiver. And, and uh, but in late situations, if this thing gets close and if we see that the matchup isn't working, what we've got planned for Kittle that, you know, at this point, you, you can't really hold anything in the bag. You got to throw it all out there on the field uh, this Saturday because it may be the last game 
where there's implications for a playoff for you. So I think if it comes where Kittle is is winning his matchup and we're seeing that, you know, our previous game plan, and that was one of the things that we saw in the Cowboys game that we were kind of, you know, begging for more adjustments in the game. So hopefully in this game, if if he's not matched up, at least in big-time situations, those third downs, those goal-to-go situations where you know, hey, I'm going to be looking for my number one guy. Jalen Ramsey is very capable of getting physical. But again, I, you know, even if you match up Jalen Ramsey, I think with the size and, and his great hands that he has, and even just the ability for route running. I mean, he has it all when it comes to, you know, what you're looking for in the tight end or even any type of, you know, uh, catching receiver in that fact. So I would like to see him matched up. I'm curious. I think they'll start him on the outside. But don't be surprised if some of those big third downs, goal to go, that you see him take on that matchup. And similarly to, I mean, and this game actually is going to feature the number one and number two graded pro football focused players in the NFL. George Kittle is one, Aaron Donald is two. So that's another factor there with Weston Richburg out at center, Ben Garland in at center. I think there's a little bit of growing pains the 49ers went through last week with Ben Garland getting his first start there. Grady Jarrett is a really good interior player, made a couple of plays. Aaron Donald is a, is a completely different beast, and I worry about Aaron Donald inside and really wrecking the pass game by by knifing into the pocket, and he's good against the run as well, although the 49ers are going to try to stay wide, I think, and stay away from Aaron Donald as much as they can in the run game. Double teams, is this, how do teams go against Aaron Donald? Is it, are these throwing double teams at him all day? You can't chip him like you can an edge player. It's one matchup that I'm really worried about from the 49ers perspective is Aaron Donald's so hard to block, and you have an extra, you have a new center in there. It just seems like that's a place where the Rams can really gain a huge advantage on the 49ers. Yeah, and I think you know for Aaron Donald, he almost would appreciate a double team because these days you're seeing triple teams. I saw even you know we're grabbing screenshots <laughs> of of certain plays where he's got four guys on him. It's unreal the amount of attention that Aaron Donald gets throughout the year, and then you hear a lot of the national people. Uh, that just kind of look at the box score and say, oh, man, well, he's not that impactful. And it's like, well, do you realize they're sending two or three guys? And the reason why Clay Matthews has the amount of sacks he does and the reason why Dante Fowler is where he's at as far as the sack numbers is because guys like Aaron Donald. So Aaron Donald's going to get his. If you want to go one-on-one, good luck, right? And and I doubt that's going to happen. If you go one-on-one, you probably failed something. Or, you know, like you said, you're trying to go away from him. So it's like, all right, we can go one-on-one. We're going to roll out this way anyway. For the most part, he's still going to be disruptive and find a way. You just have you have to double team him if you if you're going straight back, drop back, and then pass. And then it's really up to the Rams and finding other ways to you know move guys around him. Guys like Brockers and Dante Fowler and Ibukum and all these guys coming off the edge and and moving around. Got to get a way to get some pressure to Jimmy G because Aaron Donald's going to find even in a double team. You know he's still going to get there. He's just going to it's going to take a little bit longer. So. Um, if we can create some pressure and make Jimmy G run around a little bit and, you know, maybe get contained in that pocket, he'll still find a way. But uh, I think the game plan is going to put at least two guys on it, start there and maybe increase. And you mentioned Jimmy G. That's the last note I have on the 49ers offense. And with when it comes to the 49ers running game, it's just like, uh, you know, who knows who's going to be the hot hand and who's going to be the running back. It's could be Mostert, could be Brita, could be Tevin Coleman. No idea who's going to start. No idea who's going to end up with the most carries. But the guy who does end up with the most carries, it's usually only about 12. And so it's a true committee situation with the 49ers. And generally, they've found one guy who's uh, had some pretty good luck. Uh, last week, the 49ers did come out flat on offense, and the passing game was really, especially with when you go to New Orleans and you throw up 48 points, it was a disappointment, I think, for most 49ers fans for how Jimmy Garoppolo and how the offense played. It was just pretty much 
George Kittle, and that's it. Force-feeding him even at times with 17 targets. And so I think a bounce back for the entire offense, but specifically Jimmy Garoppolo, I think is going to be a huge key uh, in this game. And I don't know if they're going to be able to go to tight end, if they're going to be able to, and I imagine, you know, George Kittle is going to be a huge part of the game plan, but I'm interested to see what Kyle Shanahan draws up and if he might go a little bit more competitive with his game plan and how deep he goes into the playbook. Cause it seemed like last week he did go a little bit vanilla against the Falcons, maybe thinking that he had a good enough squad that he didn't have to show everything when he's going to have to go face another cover three defense in a couple weeks in Seattle. But I'm looking for a bounce back for Jimmy Garoppolo. That's another key for the 49ers offense to me. And when it comes to pass rush, we know he's going to see Aaron Donald. Sounds like those edge guys have have done pretty well with their one-on-one situation so far this year. They're definitely improving. I think, again, the, the big word for the Rams offense defensively, even special teams, has been consistency this year. You know what you're going to get as far as the matchups with Aaron Donald, as we talked about. So those guys have to be consistent as far as winning their one-on-ones or at least you know getting that pressure to make Jimmy G feel like he's got to throw it sooner than he does. Uh, so it's, it, I mean, it's going to be interesting. We've been playing, I mean, feel like every week we've been playing a quarterback that can also go for a hundred yards rushing. Uh, Dak was kind of the first guy where you're starting to get to, even though he's a pretty mobile quarterback and he beat us a couple of times with his feet, but Jimmy G you feel is more, uh, you know, that pocket guy. Yes. He can still be mobile and, and get around. And we've seen him this year go and pick up a first down with his feet, but he's not looking to do that first. So uh, I think for the Rams defense, this sets up at least a little bit better for them on getting pressure to him. But yeah, it's got to be those guys outside of Aaron Donald. And then of course we know that he's going to get it done, but Jimmy G is going to have to find, and maybe that's part of the reason, you know, what the Rams are going to do is make that big focus on Kittle. As you said, it at 17 uh, targets last week. I think it was more than the rest of every other person he targeted. So uh, maybe it's one of those things where you say, Hey, we're going to make you beat us elsewhere. Uh, stop run and stop Kittle and see what everyone else has, especially with the, the talent that we have in the secondary. So the matchup's going to be fun offense and defense. Like I said earlier, I think it's going to be a lot closer uh, than what we saw in week five, but again, got to go out and play the game and, and uh, you know, execute the game plan. Yeah, that's a good game plan and force the 49ers to do something they weren't able to do that last week. And that's, make Jimmy Garoppolo throw it outside to his wide receivers. He just seemed allergic to him last week, and maybe that was them not getting open. Maybe it was him. They just came out flat. Um, They've got to come out a lot sharper in Week 16 against the Rams. Let's flip this, look at the 49ers' defense against the Rams' offense, and then make our predictions next. The Suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trailblazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football with your Locked On Fantasy Football Edge of the Day. 
Tight end is a prime position for finding fantasy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry. You can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. Talked about the 49ers missing Weston Richburg at center and looking at their practice reports so far from this week. A good news at the cornerback position. Both Richard Sherman and Kwan Williams were full participants in practice, which would seem to indicate that they are going to play. I'm a little bit more surprised that Richard Sherman is already practicing in full with his hamstring. Uh, Kwan Williams is someone I thought might be able to come back this week, but still not practicing, not likely to play against the Rams is defensive end D Ford, Jaquaski Tart at strong safety, and defensive tackle Julian Taylor. So they still will be without some starters. And D Ford is one that I think the 49ers are missing coming off the edge because now you have just Nick Bosa off the edge and he looks like he's hitting a little bit of a rookie wall. Did look a little bit gassed last week as some of the 49ers. Uh, so, I mean, the rest of the team looked pretty gassed too, to be honest with you with that, with the games they came off of. And, and I think it was a true trap game and a letdown game for the 49ers, so maybe they'll be able to erase that. Maybe that was a wake-up call, and they will be able to retool and refocus for this week. But they are still going to be without some starters, but maybe some of those guys back in coverage, which will help. Correct me if I'm wrong, Brad. When it comes to the Rams, it seems to be a team that, you know, they put up big numbers under Sean McVay and Jared Goff and Todd Gurley the past few years. This team's, like, straight up led by their defense now, right? Or at least it seems from my vantage point. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it is funny. We've talked about it here this year, how it is such a flip. Uh, you know, last year it was, all right, let's put up 35 points and defense, just hold teams under 30 and we got to win. It was really, that was the game plan of how we got wins last year was just outscoring people. And we knew our defense wasn't going to pitch shutouts or hold teams under 20. We just had to score points. And this year uh, there's times where it's like offense, can we get 20, 21 points? Because you know, I think it's six of the last eight games that our defense has held opponents to 13 points or less. So uh, it's been a strong unit, definitely on defense, uh, it, you know, led by some turnover sacks. We've had 30 sacks since uh, the addition of Jalen Ramsey. I think we only had like 14 or 15 coming into that before uh, we acquired him. So they've really turned it up again, as we talked about uh, in that previous segment about the, you know, what Jalen has been for this defense, but the offense has definitely got to pick it up and find a ways to move football. I mean, you talked about the injuries that you guys have had on that defense side of the ball. And, and it does surprise me too, that Richard Sherman would be coming back. I mean, that's the injury where it doesn't take much to tweak that and, and worsen it really fast. It's not like a, you know, a thumb or a shoulder or one of those things where it's just going to be sore. I mean, if you strain that a little bit further, uh, that thing can go south pretty quick. So with the playoffs around the corner, it would surprise me to see him as well. But I'd like to see him out there because on both sides, these, you know, um, very outgoing, shall you say, in, in the, you know, the nicest term possible of those two as far as, you know, their confidence on the defense side of the ball. It just makes for a fun matchup. 
but you know, for Jared Goff, I'm sure that, you know, I bet that he is hoping that he is not going to go because uh, the protection has been an issue. Jared Goff, when he finds a target and gets rid of the ball really fast, uh, I think that's when he's best. But when he starts thinking a little bit too much, he starts moving his feet a little bit too much. And next thing you know, uh, we've got a strip sack fumble or he's forcing the ball. And, and he was off on Sunday going back and watching some of those throws. Uh, you want to say, oh, his thumb hurt. But man, thumb or no thumb, uh, you got to be at least close on some of these. There were there was one throw. I didn't even know who he was going to. I think Tyler Higby even looked around like, was that was that to me? So uh, we got to see some improvement from QB one. That's for sure. If we want a chance on on, on Saturday. The last couple of weeks, I have advised my listeners to take the over with the 49ers against the Saints and the 49ers against the Falcons. And uh, (laughs) luckily, a last-second touchdown that was really not part of the game (laughs) last week, I think, helped that prediction for um, the 49ers against the Falcons. But I think this one's going to look a lot more like the first matchup between the 49ers and the Rams. And they combined for 27 points, and the over-under at this one is 45. And I think it's going to be... And a lot of it, I think, is going to be because both teams are going to try really hard to run the football, uh, especially the Rams. I think that's the way for the Rams to go about facing the 49ers this week, whether or not their corners are back. I think they're going to start with Gurley heavy and try to, first of all, slow down the pass rush that was so difficult for Jared Goff to face last time these two teams played, but just to help down in distance for Goff as well and try to utilize that talent of Todd Gurley in the run game against a defense that's missing their only true nose tackle. So they're going to be running out a defensive tackle that is, you know, sub 300 pounds. And they've got two rookie outside linebackers in there. So the middle of the field is where I would attack the 49ers. K1 Williams might not be there at slot corner either. So that's where I would expect the Rams to go about this thing is on the ground early. And that might keep things a little bit slower paced and keep that score down. Do you see the Rams going about things that way too or or is this team playing a little bit different than they they did the first time the 49ers saw them man I really hope that's what we do I mean as you say it I'm sitting here nodding my head and I said man that sounds like a good game plan you know I mean that's what we want to see we keep going back to wanting to see Todd Gurley and that's when we've seen and I'm glad you brought up the down and distance because when the Rams are sitting here and we've looked in in the past few games when the Rams are sitting at a third and three or a third and four it really opens up this playbook for Sean McVay instead of you know, those third and eight, third and nines, which we were sitting with in the Cowboys, he's got, you know, maybe 15, 20 plays. When you get to that third and three, third and four, he's got 50-something plays that he can kind of go to. He can run the ball. He can do those uh, end arounds with the wide receivers. A lot of those uh, wide receiver screens, it, it leaves Jared Goff the opportunity for, okay, send out Higby, send out Gurley, and just hit whoever they don't pick up right away. So it gives some options for them to move the football. I think uh, controlling this clock and and keeping you know Jimmy G on the sidelines is going to be key because what you know happened with the Rams defense is we kept going three and out or only having four or five plays before we gave the ball back. Our defense was gassed uh, even by halftime, and we came out and it, by that time it was already too late, down twenty eight to seven in that first half. So keeping this thing close, managing the clock, working some long drives, and that definitely goes through Todd Gurley and getting the football uh, and short third to goes uh, is going to be key for us. So. You know, that game plan sounds awesome, but the thing that scares me about McVeigh is he likes to start that way first quarter, maybe halfway <laughs> through the second quarter, and then all of a sudden he starts to play Madden like the rest of us and goes, all right, let's put him five wide. Let's start, you know, throwing the ball left and right. And next thing you know, Jared Goff goes on this run of passing, passing, passing. So uh, can can Sean McVeigh stay consistent as well? As we've said that word probably four times on this podcast, K1 
can he stay consistent within the play calling? Uh, it's going to depend. But that that Niner front, as you mentioned up up, uh, you know, at the start this this segment, a uh, little banged up. So we'll see if they can take advantage of that for sure. We got to make our predictions, Brad. One more quick matchup, and you mentioned Tyler Higby, and I was surprised as I think a lot of people were. They thought Gerald Everett was going to be the guy that take over and be the Jordan Reed in that offense at tight end, and Higby's sort of stuck around and really seems like he's just won that battle to be the tight end for the Rams. Talk about Higby, and I think that's another matchup uh, that is going to be an interesting one to watch the rookie and Dre Greenlaw at outside linebacker, Fred Warner, who's played so well for the 49ers, try to cover Higby over the middle, and of course, Marcel Harris, who's in at strong safety for Jaquaski Tart. Yeah, he's been huge for us lately. I mean, he's put together uh, three straight 100-yard games. He's been the outlet for Jared Goff. I mean, he talked about, you know, the amount of targets that um, Kittle got last week. Well, that was the same for Tyler Higgins. I think he had 12 targets last week, and the next closest was six, and that was Cooper Cup getting all those basically in the fourth quarter uh, in garbage time. But uh, he's been huge, and really, it, I mean, it's been – uh, for us, I mean, we gave him a big contract in the offseason. A lot of people were going, well, you had Gerald Everett. Why are we giving this guy who seemed like the number two kind of coming into the year and even at the beginning of the year was pretty quiet. Uh, but he's really picked up his game, not only uh, in, in catching the ball and the yards after the catch, which has been huge for him as well, uh, but run blocking. He seems to have taken a pride this year in, as far as blocking on the edge. And it's been really important to when Todd Gurley has ran the ball well, it's guys like, Tyler Higby that's out there and putting his own body on the line. And, and McVay calls him a glue guy. And he said, just go back and watch the film. The number one guy, when any Ram player hits the ground, Tyler Higby sprinting across the field to go pick that guy up. He is a team player from, you know, uh, the passing game to the running game to in between the plays. Uh, he's an important role for us here on the team. And really, if this team can get going around him, he's been, you know, he's really caught fire. He's moved up to fourth in passing on the team. And he really, in the last three games, has more passing yards than he's had uh, in any season uh, previous to this. So he's really caught fire. And hopefully uh, for Jared Goff's sake, because he's been the only really reliable target that he can keep that going on Saturday. We got to make our predictions here, Brad. I mentioned how I would probably go with the under on the 45 points. And right now, looking at the my bookie lines, San Francisco is favored by six and a half at home, which I think is pretty solid. I saw earlier, and I think it might have moved a little bit because I heard that it was over a touchdown and over seven points before. So it might have come down to being favored by six and a half, which I think is a better number. I do think the 49ers can win by a touchdown. I would pick the score to be 24-17 49ers. What do you got? Yeah, I think it's going to be close uh, to basically what you got there as well. I mean, obviously, I've stuck with the Rams this whole season. There's no point in turning around at this point. Uh, we need this game to move forward, and I think the Rams understand the urgency of this game. I think that was the big slip up last week is, you know, maybe they were looking ahead to this game. Maybe they were looking at the Dallas Cowboys and going, man, you guys have really haven't shown effort. We're going to have to just go out there and do what we do, and it's going to fall in our laps instead of, you know, grinding it out. So I've got it uh, very similar to what you have. I have 23-17 Rams. It wouldn't be surprised me if this thing turned into, you know, a 21-23 or a, you know, field goal at the end mm -hmm. type of game. Uh, but I think the Rams, you know, especially with the injuries that you guys are dealing with, the Rams' urgency of keeping this season alive uh, and and really wanting to kind of get some payback for, for an embarrassing performance in week five, a different team, a different mindset, Going on the week in a short uh, on a short week, one day shorter, um, we've shown in in past this year that we've been able to kind of pick up and play better at those games. So, hoping that we can make that happen, I got it as a twenty three seventeen Rams win. 
Use the word urgent. I think that's a good one. It's a short week. It's gut check time at the end of the season. Who wants it more? Last gasp for the Rams to try to keep their playoff hopes alive and the 49ers trying to fight for that one seed and winning the NFC West. Brad, great stuff. Always great talking to you. We'll have to do it again in, well, hey, maybe we'll do it again in the postseason if the Rams do pull off that miracle and get into the playoffs. Part three of this thing, 49ers, Rams. If not, Looking forward to a good game this weekend, and I'll talk to you again in the offseason. Hey, we appreciate it, Brian. Best of luck. Uh, get healthy, man, and get through this game. And, uh, yeah. you know, if anything, you guys got to go represent for the NFC West. If it works out where we all get in there, even better. But uh, fun on Saturday. Enjoy the game, and, and we look forward to talking to you soon. With that said, Rams Nation, you know what it is. Until next time. Hey, Locked On listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fantasy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.